0: You are listening to the Benchcast with your host, the man whose business is benching, Coach Ben. How we doing? Thanks for joining in, Logan Barbell. What should my first workout in the shirt be like? Uh, I would point in the direction of our shirt-breaking article i would just take some reps to to high boards really whatever you can uh the starting point is going to be different for everyone depending how tight you ended up getting your shirt tighter shirt going to require more of a breaking process but pretty much what you're trying to do at the end of the day is widen out your grip to the bar if you currently can't get to the widest grip possible Um, a very tight shirt you're probably going to be locked into a close grip starting out Uh, you're not going to be able to get much farther than that and uh the high board, working down in the boards, whatever you can get to. You know, I honestly don't even like the boards. I would just take the shirt, you know, I would take the weight down to wherever you can get the shirt to stretch to. Uh, Matt says, "I have a question, building on the pause question from Instagram. What should you be focusing on during the pause?" So, yeah, let's get into Matt's question that came in from Instagram, too. How long do you like to hold the pause to really work strength off the chest? And then he's saying, what should it be focusing on with the pause? Um, so, how long we would hold the pause, majority of our lifters are going to be training with a competition pause. The only time that we wouldn't pause is if we're going to be doing speed work, uh, compensatory acceleration training, cat work. Uh, then we are going to, majority time, we're going to train touch and go. Um, For the rest of the benching, everything is done with a comp pause, okay? And I'm talking, I even like to see comp pause on variations such as a floor press, an incline press, you name it. I like to see a pause in all of that, okay? Uh, We are, time to time, going to be doing long pause work to build strength off the chest. By long pause, I mean traditionally we're going to hold for three seconds. If I'm seeing an athlete doing a quick one, two, three, and it really just turning into a competition pause, I'm probably going to have them um, hold five count pauses because their counts are just very quick. Um, If I'm there with someone coaching in person, I'm going to do a three Mississippi call because I want it to be a strict three second pause. Um, But when the strength off the chest is a weak point stability off the chest is a weak point uh definitely a three mississippi hold for a good chunk of the training gonna help tremendously with that uh and then he also mentions tightness what are you thinking about you know to create tightness and stuff down at that chest level uh well the big thing that often gets lost is um the shoulder blade depression so when you get the bar out and you're driving your shoulder blades back I think everyone gets that pinch concept but where everyone gets stumbled up is on the concept of dragging your shoulder blades underneath you towards your hips and creating that activation because there's not much motion that's going to happen there so oftentimes I say hey you should be dragging your shoulder blades down and then um, an athlete ends up just kind of moving from the shoulder forgetting the pinch and trying to you know really create this dramatic movement with their shoulders when in reality when you get this pinch and you know i'm talking you wouldn't even be able to see it much on this video i'm just talking about that much that's just me keeping that pinch but trying to pull down you know the harder i keep the pinch you know the less motion i'm really going to get down but it's important that i create that activation because that's how i'm going to get spring off my chest So I find that's usually where lifters get tripped up the most. Um, If you're keeping a really good retraction with your shoulders, you're not going to have much movement of the shoulder blades down, uh, um, depressed down. But it's important to have that activation because as you're getting closer to the chest, that's what's going to end up sliding out on you um, to create that rebound. You're trying to essentially make it harder for yourself to get down to the chest. We don't want it to be easy to get down to chest. We're, everything we're doing with lifting, creating tightness is just about blocking yourself from doing the motion. Um, you understand that more when you get into equipped lifting that um, you you feel the feedback because you'll feel the tension of the suit. You'll feel like it, it feels like you're jamming your butt into a brick wall. It ain't going to move. But therefore, the weight's pushing you through. So... You really understand how to create tightness better when you when you learn equipped lifting, um, but that's really what it comes down to is we're just trying to create tightness in ways that um, you know it blocks us from completing the motion. Um, but yeah, that that would be the main thing I'd say in terms of technique is that depression down with the shoulder blades because it's more the activation of it. You're not going to see a dramatic motion, um, nor am I going to see that in a video. You know, I'm usually uh, yeah I'll see things like the bar coming out a bit i'll see the shoulders come under maybe a little bit but not really something i'm going to see in a video and uh, oftentimes is that i'm not going to see much activation stuff in videos because it's it's you know intrinsic it's you know what you're doing to create tightness i'm not really going to see that all the time so i hope that answers your question matt um you have that component obviously bending the bar you want to stay tight to the bar um you know a lot of lifters get tripped up thinking about what they're doing with their elbows. I would not think about your elbows whatsoever. I would just try to create the right tension to the bar, use your lats um, use your back strength, and uh, you won't have to worry about it. It's kind of like in the in the squat. We don't want to think moving knees out. We want to think what we're doing at the hips and or what we're doing with our feet, stacking the ankles, things like that that's going to get our knees to where they need to be. Alright, so hopefully that answers that, Matt. Um, let me know if you want me to um, expand on anything there. But that was a great question. Thanks for following up with the, the tightness thing as well. Uh, actually, that's probably a great YouTube video. And while we're on air now, I'll go over to my YouTube video page. And I'm going to write that in, Matt. Because that's a uh, great topic that I want to touch on probably a little more detail and showcase that. Alright, guys. Any more questions popping in here? We got some on Instagram. Dixon4542. Single or multiply for beginner? And we actually got this question by at Logan Barbell as well. Single ply shirt first, then multi, he was asking. Um, So, I think single ply is going to be easier for you to to learn with starting out however when you're beginning what i often say is just get what you're gonna want to compete in you know if you want to eventually get into multiply and you actually want to progress your lifts there and and get ranked there just get a multiply shirt um no need to fiddle around with single ply first if ultimately you want to go to multiply. Um, Because I think you can learn either or. You just need to spend some time in a shirt. Um, And in general, uh, I think it would be just get into the piece of equipment that you want to learn. You know, is someone going to be better than someone else because maybe they had a canvas suit this whole time? Uh, Or is is someone has started off with a poly squat suit? transition to a canvas suit versus someone that had a canvas suit the whole time you know is there really going to be a a dramatic difference there i don't think so um i think the person that the canvas suit actually is is ahead of the curve because with the canvas a lot more stopping power um and they've been training it this whole time versus the other person who who hasn't quite it has to get adjusted now to two suits versus one so i think get whatever you're planning on competing with is the way to go there uh single ply obviously though is going to be more forgiving a poly squat suit versus a canvas squat suit going to be more forgiving um easier learning curve but it, it really depends if you even care to have an easy learning curve uh because i would just get into it and start learning but great question there, my friend we got anything coming in from youtube steven anderson what's up steve do you do anything for intra-workout? I have always done the cliche powerlifting thing and had Skittles or Sour Patch Kids, but I think I need to change that up. Um, it's a very popular thing. <laughs> uh, the uh, We also have Allie on the team, who um, she is a Jelly Bean uh, aficionado. Um, so I guess you'll be the Sour Patch Kid guy there, Steve. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, for intra-workout, I think the, the the best solution probably would be something you could drink uh, so you don't have to take the time to actually eat something. However, you know, if we're drinking fast-acting carbs too, you know, I think Sour Patch Kids are way more fun to eat. <laughs> so I don't have any problem with that. I used to do the same thing um, for the quick carbs. Now, um, you do have to keep in mind, like if I eat gummies, uh any form of gummy really you know i eat enough of those it is going to cause some real nasty acid reflux um yeah i'm just sensitive to that not everyone is but um you have to keep that in mind cuz you know that's just going to be a downer on the session too but um yeah i don't i don't see there being a huge downside as long as you're really managing your macros and what you're trying to do if it becomes a negative thing uh if you're trying to diet down and you're eating sour patch kids and that's a good chunk of the total calories you have in the day yeah there's probably a better way to approach that um but if you are gaining weight sustaining weight and uh you want to eat sour patch kids in your workout i don't think there's anything wrong with that Because we're ultimately going after that. Fast-acting carbs. I've definitely been in positions where um, I could use it. So I I have no problem with that. Um, Just has to fit the bill. You know what I'm saying? Man, I had an issue of coming down to the chest and losing all tightness. Now I focus on keeping it tight. But wanted to make sure I was doing it right. Yeah, so... um, let me know what you're doing. And I'll uh, I'll see if that sounds uh, appropriate. But um, also you got to keep in mind. The longer the range of motion you have. The harder it's going to be. You know I I say these things. My range of motion is not very long. I definitely feel for those who have very long arms. It's going to be hard to maintain back tightness. As opposed to someone who... Uh, has shorter arms bigger arch i don't have to travel very far with the bar so it's easy for me to create this tightness i'm talking about someone with a longer range of motion it's just it's an unfortunate thing it's like you can't change the height of where you start deadlifting from i really wish you could but you can't and you know the range is what it is on the bench press you have to touch the chest that's by rule it's not like someone can touch chest but this guy has to touch two board you know what i mean so um that's just how structure plays in the sport of powerlifting, and that's why genetics are king that's why some people get ahead and some people got to work their asses off for any bit they get um so that would be what the goal is in terms of back tightness what we touched on earlier Uh, i think the depression is usually where people start to get lax on that Logan Barbell says, tips on keeping head on bench. I'm trying to break the habit, and I'd say it's going decent, but when I keep my head on the bench, it just feels wrong. Um, If you're keeping your head on the bench and it feels wrong, probably not keeping back tightness. um, Whereas lifting your head before and and sinking your ribs down and and everything... um, could be how you were really keying in on that so you might be losing exactly what i was talking on before keeping that depression with the shoulder blades um i really have to see but in terms of keeping your head down it's usually a habit you're just gonna have to break i remember i would always lift my head as well and uh it's tough because you're just so used to doing it it's just instinctual and it feels weird if you don't um like switching up anything but you just got to stick with it. You got to stick with it. It does help not to lift your, your head. There's no real crazy benefit to doing that. Um, you should be able to work around that effectively. So that's why I'd always coach head down. I never have someone lift their head. JCAG12, planning on doing a shirt to workout with a brand new shirt I got yesterday. Anything I should do before I get in the shirt to prep it? Um, so before you get in this shirt, the only thing that I would really do to it is spray it down with water if it's a tight shirt. But, uh, you know, honestly, sometimes I wouldn't even do that. You know, typically, though, if if you really have to break it in, um, I would spray it down for short because what you're going to find are those fibers. You're going to hear these popping noises as you're going through, and uh, especially as you're pulling down into more range, and uh, we can avoid some of that by giving it a good spray down across the chest plate uh, back of the triceps you know really wherever we're going to get stretching in the shirt going to help those fibers stretch a bit more so yeah i would spray the shirt down but i would get it on first and then spray it down um nothing you should do before wearing the shirt um besides if the arms are long i like to roll up the ends. some people don't like doing that i've never seen a negative side effect myself um but then i would spray it while it's on you so yeah i would spray it before you actually touch weight but uh good luck my friend check out our we have a breaking in shirt article uh you search on google number one article i'm, I'm very happy about that because um, it's a great one that was guest written by jamie mata uh, who has been in like every type of shirt, coaching for years, and um, he wrote a, a great article, simple to the point. You know what you should do breaking in a shirt. Just search search a uh, bench shirt breaking on Google. It should pop right up. Sip of coffee to the working man. Let's see if we've got questions coming in here on YouTube. This thing conks out of me, so I gotta keep uh, looking through. And every time I scroll, I'm sorry, I'm making it go blurry on you guys watching on YouTube because it refocuses the thing. All right, Mike, any advice for someone who's been keeping their scapula retracted through the whole movement, as in soft elbows? Um, so th- those two different issues. I'm um, getting at there, Mike. One sounds like you're not having an easy time retracting, keeping the shoulders retracted. Um, Or the elbows softening up. You know, those are two different issues. Unless you're saying when you retract, you often let the elbows get soft. Um, But then I would just focus on squeezing your tricep, get that lock out, and then retract. Uh, If you're having a hard time doing that under the bar with weight, then I would start off just trying to get a... Uh, A band Put a band um, It's hard to show the shut up But you would take It's attached to a power rack You kind of stiff arm the band out And then you wrap it around yourself And then it will pull your arm back And uh, you'll just focus on creating that same type of tightness You would on the bench Lock your arm And then focus on retraction So control that Before you try to control it Underweight If you're having a hard time doing that that's what i would work on it's just more warm-up stuff that you can do more drilling like that what's up mike mike frazier good day coach can you talk uh some on getting into the bench shirt yeah absolutely um so getting into the shirt first off i would always recommend getting shirts uh slippers i told you to get shirt slippers um I don't see why anyone shouldn't get shirt slippers Even if you can get it on It just makes your life so much easier Um, So that's the first thing I'd say Just get a pair of shirt slippers Uh, Wear those bad boys When you get your arms And something that uh, doesn't really get touched on often Will be touched on in my uh, shirted bench course coming out hopefully again the end of this month so check out for that guys i um, just waiting on I got a meet this weekend actually and I'm, I'm trying to complete a video on breaking in the shirt and I kind of wanted to show slides from everything up to the meet um, that's the final piece of really getting that uploaded but uh, the shirted bench course at the end of the month is going to touch on this but what I'm saying here is when you get your arm into the sleeve if you internally rotate your arm and put it in the sleeve it's going to tighten things up if you're more supinated and you come into it's going to loosen things up a bit okay so how you torque your arm coming into the sleeve um, make sure that is uniform on both sides and then again more internally rotated you come into the sleeve you know when you end up coming to a neutral position here right you are going to be putting stretch on that chest plate more so that's a way to kind of jack up the shirt a bit um so find a good neutral spot and uh what you want to do is kind of um measure where that so if you have the phenom measure where that logo is that sleeve logo kind of measure that up with what what um how you're rotated in your arm so i would just try to make sure that's even um have someone pull you into it if you don't have someone to pull you into it i would um pin up the excess shoulder material and just punch into the rest uh, when punching into the shirt sleeve right you need to make sh- uh, short circular jerk motions all right you need to uh cause i see everyone just constantly keep a long push you need quick jerk motions okay you can't um you can't just keep punching into something it's not gonna it's not gonna go that way you need to pin it down you need quick jerk motions to get that thing to slide up suddenly um all right it was like i was moving a fridge the other day we had to move our fridge out there's a little bit of water under it we to clean it up and stuff and um trying to pull the the damn fridge out of the thing i couldn't just do it by holding it and trying to to move it i had to kind of Give it some jerk motions to kind of get the thing going Use explosive bursts like that And that's kind of how you want to punch into a shirt And um, The shirt slippers make it super easy Okay And then when you're positioning the collar If you're doing it alone it, Again it's super tough when you do things alone But I, I still, I get my shirt alone um, Pull down your collar Okay And then when you pull down your collar Before letting yourself extend back up Pull the front of your shirt down and just kind of get that thing positioned down. Uh, you are going to want to get a bench belt there, Mike, eventually. A uh, standard belt is okay. But a uh, bench belt really just there. Because, again, we don't really need a belt to bench. And we don't want a big bulky belt. And I certainly don't want something that's going to hold the shirt down too much. But we do want to hold that shirt down a bit. Um, so they make bench belts. And you can get those. I got mine on Elite FTS. It's a P2 bench belt. Uh, it's a 50 bucks. If you want to be cheap too, you can also just go to Home Depot, get like a carpenter's belt. It's just a thinner belt. Um, so, that's uh, that would be my recommendation. Hopefully, it covered a good amount of getting into a shirt. If you have a closed back shirt, well, I don't know what to tell you. You're going to need someone to probably get that thing on. Closed back shirt is tough. I don't think I put mine on alone. Uh, but, I'm willing to try. <laughs> All right, guys. What do we got? Question. I get some good questions coming in through YouTube. Fran, it's Coach Big Ben. What's up, Fran? Matt, I have noticed my bar path sometimes goes straight up rather than up towards my head. Any drills to keep a proper bar path? Yeah, so I would do the drill that I often give shirted lifters for that is um, attaching the band around the foot of the bench. So you'd wrap it around the collars of the bar. It would wrap around the foot of the bench so it's pulling you forward really aggressively and therefore you have to pose it by pushing back so i would use a light band to start but then you can eventually progress to something like a mini band friends i've been progressing well on bench and in the last month i started getting bad tennis elbow after every session a friend suggested i try bench and thumbless and it helped a lot ever heard of this um so th- that doesn't um surprise me because when you're going thumbless you're using less um less of your forearm muscles and you know those end up crossing over to the elbow joint and can get inflamed and and a little bit nasty i've certainly experienced benching in a shirt really getting a good squeeze on the bar with so much weight going through your forearm Um, especially if you're doing heavy squats too uh, that happens quite often and then if you're able to bench thumbless it's not really a problem so yeah that's absolutely a common thing Um, we also got a question in the other day It said, uh, Jake Romo, dealing with bad elbow pain, especially after max effort. And that's especially common when you're also pushing heavy squats, especially if you're benching after squat day, um, because that position... Being in that external rotation under the bar there, that's really what ends up putting a lot of stress to your elbows for the large, large majority of athletes. And they don't feel it as much when they're squatting, but when they go to bench, it really wreaks havoc. What we've done to combat that with our team is I like to start our lifters out deadlifting first in the week. Actually, I like to start them out benching first. They're kind of out of the traditional order. But they'll bench first in the week, then they'll deadlift, then they'll bench, then they'll squat. Okay, So they're getting more rest after that last squat session going into the bench um, then you know opposed to the traditional model squat and then maybe bench right after bench the next day that can usually really wreak havoc on your elbows Um, so I've just found it to be an easy switch that doesn't negatively affect anyone and only has positive outcomes so that's how we have adjusted our training week um, to make that work out better um yeah so the heavy low bar squatting that will yep that will definitely do it friends um that's probably what's going on is that's causing the issue and then you're just feeling it more on the bench it's not exactly the bench that's causing the issue it's just that it's um it's being shown when you're benching heavy so that's what I would do, my friend. Um, monitor. I would just switch your schedule around. See if that helps. And then I'll just try to monitor how your heavy squats play into your benching and maybe trying to stagger those. Um, for a multiply ply lifter, um, it's probably just as important to really stagger what you do with the squat and the bench than anything. You know, I think... As a raw lifter You want to kind of stagger deadlifts And the squats Therefore you're not like hitting them really hard on the same week um, Where in multiply I think you want to kind of Pair up your squat and your deadlifts A little bit And um, worry more about the bench Pitting the bench um, On an opposite type of schedule Let's see we got I want to make sure to follow up Logan Barbell I don't want to miss anyone. Logan Barbell, what's your favorite upper back movement right now? Um, Right now, I've just been liking uh, regular rows. Penlay rows, especially. uh, Rack rows or uh, block rows because it's propped up for me doing like a pen lay row off a block because uh for myself little arms it's a long way down and to try to hold that type of a hip pinch position while rowing is very very difficult for me um so yeah some type of a rack row block row or like the the bars positioned up and going wider grip higher touch point i just i've been really loving rows lately it's funny because um our team will train um Squats on Thursday And I've been predominantly Making Thursday A big uh, back work day And um I'm trying to coordinate Every All the training going on In a very small space Um I'm doing rows While Our our female lifters They're They're um Doing some Some deadlifts So I'm rowing a little bit less than, Than what they're Deadlifting with the bands And stuff like that And then we got the guys Doing heavy squats And um So I would just be, I would be rowing the entire time While I'm waiting for the the guys to finish in the rack and stuff And uh, I'm trying to coach them up And I'm just, I keep hitting rows I must have done like 10 sets of rows I was just, I'm just going to keep rowing (laughs) So I've been hitting a lot of rows But yeah, I've certainly done 10 by 10 rows before Um, It wasn't really a select training session It was just that they were, you know, was coaching at the gym Load up the barbell, we'll hit a 10 by 10 for rows uh, Just get some volume in yeah, I don't think you can really over train back too much And I'll train heavy back before I bench Don't matter to me Cyclonic Rabbit Have you ever tried putting the shirt on inside out And then pull it over you I learned how to do this When I had no one to help put it on Kind of like putting on elbow sleeves It makes it effortless um, So I've never tried doing it that way I do know We actually have an athlete who likes the i think put his shirt on inside out um that's not something i've ever tried out is that if that's a good strategy for a closed back shirt that would make a lot of sense um then you can swoop it over you i've never really had much issue with getting a open back shirt on but those closed back shirts you know it's really tough because you're like in a straight jacket with a you know it's a closed back so um it's like wearing a really wet tight t-shirt it's pretty much how to describe it um we an open back you know it's there's nothing back there so it's very easy to maneuver and slide on you're just kind of getting the arms in and then you're good matt says oh no my wife was upset i got a new big benches shirt i told her i have to show off my awesomeness at the gym well my friend um you're just gonna have to get her a shirt now (laughs) so then you guys are equal she's not missing out on the big benches shirt all right we got some more questions that came in through um Instagram stories the other day. Uh also for someone, lucky someone on either Instagram or YouTube, I take from both, you're going to receive a free t-shirt for joining in today. So make sure, hey guys, the, the big thing, hey, make sure tell a friend. If you have a friend that's into lifting, if you have a friend that likes the bench press, we all know someone. Just shoot him a message and be like, "Hey, listen to this bench talk, dude podcast uh benched the the bench cast you know give my info share the podcast all right just drop a little line you know it really helps you know say hey every tuesday it's live 12 p.m you know really really helps guys uh grow the podcast and uh yeah maybe get a free t-shirt out of it too so i really appreciate everyone that takes the time to join in um but do tell a friend it helps us grow Justin Dacky, Justin Dacker Dacky, could you briefly explain your warm-up routine for bench? Uh, Yeah, so I mean, it's really going to uh, be tailored to what I feel is restricted, but some of the common things is going to be uh, the scap movements, scap pull-downs, scap retractions, um... I'm going to be doing a lot of T-spine mobility work. I'm going to be doing a lot of work with a peanut ball. I love the peanut ball. Two lacrosse balls put together that you run down your spine. I get the base of the skull first. uh lacrosse ball in the scap region. Um, get soft tissue in the front delts into the pecs. Uh, so all that is major staples i'll start with the soft tissue um, i'll go through some stretching uh, i like the core four you can look that up on our youtube uh, we'll stretch the hips out really good because that gets locked up but those are pretty common ones t-spine mobility t-spine soft tissue uh, going to be doing usually some type of activation work it's going to be uh, going be doing like scap retractions with a band pull downs pressing dumbbells Something like that, but I've been noticing more and more. So, especially in the morning, you gotta you gotta move first thing in the morning. And it's been I, I'm subscribed to the Ramad, and that's been a big thing for me. You know, we were doing 10 a day as a team last month. This month, uh, for me personally, I'm trying to stay routine with moving first thing in the morning, doing the Ramad, things like that. Um, huge, huge difference. You know, waking up out of bed if you can get moving, um, primarily stretching. You know, not just taking a walk but but actually stretching and, and um you know that makes a huge huge deal. So that's what I pretty much focus on, getting ready to bench. Um you know it's it's gonna be different every time, like I said, really depends on what I feel is restricted, but those are the, the kind of the staples that I'm I'm going to have uh regularly. Blazins, what's up my friend? What's up Sal? Thanks for joining in, appreciate it buddy got some more questions popping in here youtube instagram they got some from stories the other day uh so this was a good one by mike gibson 22 how close to a meet do you hit your last shirt of bench and to that i answer two weeks out would be the last shirt of bench um i've actually done it too at uh, three weeks out it depends how much rest i need i mean if i'm listen i'm brimming to the, to the lid here with with confidence and i just need some rest i'm gonna take the rest so my last bench would probably be an opener three weeks out if the prep is so-so this this last training cycle it had a, a lot of weird up and downs a lot of weird up and downs lost a lot of body weight you know so it's really it's it's been like a cluster so um, I'm taking my last shirt a bench. Well, I was going to take it last week, but the power went out. So, um, you know, it's kind of been three weeks now, but normally it would be two weeks. That's what I have our athletes do. Two weeks out from the meet, they're going to take their opener. The week of the meet, they're going to do raw warm-ups if they're sure to lift Um That's the traditional model we'll go by. But again, like I said, if someone's just been crushing it in training, I know they feel very confident. Uh, they're not going to gain much more out of trying to bench that close to the meet. They just need the rest. Well, we're going to take the rest. You know, there's no need to... Um, push heavy benching, or just any shirt of benching in general, that close to the me, meat. If you just need more rest, because it's, it's demanding, it's taxing too. And it depends how good their recovery capabilities are in their lifting. You have know, certainly went through periods where I needed more rest. I could only do like two weeks in a row in the shirt, and then I was really getting a decline in performance. Um, more so when I'm um, doing full power. Uh, I haven't this past training cycle. I haven't really done much. Of the full power thing, I have really just strictly focused on benching. So um, I've been able to bench pretty much every week in the shirt without an issue. So um, it really it really depends, but more rest is always better. Too many people go into the meet fatigued, um, you know, harboring discomforts, pains, things like that. You want to come into the meet feeling your best to get your best performance. Okay. Uh, never try to hit weight Just for the sake of hitting weight Before the meet if you're feeling beat up to shit Alex Pomp What's up my friend Sent you out your uh, Shirt or your uh, Sorry your hat Camo hat And those who uh, heard the secret code I'll drop it one more time Meet me on the bench 20% off until midnight tonight Pomp got his camo Big Bench's hat coming in so you all should grab your hats we, we just got them fresh off the print Camo, blue, red Great colors How would you recommend someone going back to benching Who hasn't since March Due to COVID and gym being closed And in fact guys You don't know New York's gyms are still closed And there's no timetable for them Opening uh, I know a lot of people Very frustrated by that up here How would you recommend Getting back into the bench that's a great question. I would start off very slow. I would start off again. I I gave a um, small sample progression uh, on a podcast that I think it was uh, entitled something like "Getting Back into Training" or whatever. Um, it was a one of our shorter Thursday topic episodes and i laid out a whole plan on how to do this so i would definitely recommend anyone listening that is in a very similar situation everyone's kind of getting back to the gyms uh at their own pace and everything going from training at home and going to back to the gyms things like that maybe you haven't trained in this period of time um that podcast i would recommend you to i think that the title will be there um And I laid out how to how to do that, but pretty much what it comes down to is I would make a really low training max at first. So say your your best bench is three hundred pounds, you can't be going off numbers of three hundred pounds. You're gonna want to take maybe like ninety percent of that number, all right? And then the first week only bench around maybe seventy percent. You know, by the next week get an 80 percent you know it's it's really that it's going to be that simple it's just going to be like a linear progression like that um you're just really going to need to just build up the volume because what you're going to find going back into it is that you're going to fatigue very quickly so you're not you're not going to be at your peak strength first off so you're not going to handle as much weight but then the weight that you are handling you're going to have a really hard time doing that for multiple sets because you're going to fatigue so maybe you get up to a 225 bench all right, you're able to do it for five reps. Um, you know, usually that would be an easy weight. The next set, maybe you only feel like you can get it for four reps, because um, that's how quick that fatigue's going to hit. And luckily, that's the work capacity of it is really one of the quickest things to come back. Um, strength will come back very quick to where it was previously, especially in the time frame that we're looking at, three, four months or so. Uh, you know, still it will still come back pretty decently quick, um, but yeah it's a simple progression up but the training max that you start with is really key and just building up from there um, is really going to be the key for getting back into it but that's definitely probably the biggest thing I see lifters too who end up hitting more reps after a meet and during the meet they're training singles and, and not much volume doing heavier weight and then they go back into trying to hit higher reps and all this volume and fatigue just hits really really quick but that picks up pretty quick Unforeseen Sasquatch when is the new shirts coming out I just shit my spleen out watching you bench when is the new shirts coming out I don't think I got new shirts coming out my friend I'm not sure Pomp's ready to rock the hat glad to hear it bud Uh, yeah the camo camo's looking nice that's my uh, my hat of choice you know, I'm a camo guy. Adam, I know you're always learning and gaining experience from your own training, from coaching and courses you take. I know you program each individually, but how much has your training philosophy changed? Um, so that's a good question. That's kind of a deep question there, Adam. Oop. Um, so definitely it, it changed a good amount. In past years, um, I'm trying to think of like some primary examples. Um, it, it really depends what we're talking about. I mean, you know nothing really I guess at the core of it has changed much. Um, but you always you, for example, you always look back maybe what you did three years ago. And since then, so many things have popped up in your training, different things you've had to work around, different things you've discovered, um, different things that have helped a lot, and that slowly transforms into a whole new way of of training and and going through that programming and then you look back on yourself three years ago and you're like wow shit why wasn't i doing this earlier you know there's there's always those circumstances um at the core of it though i don't think a ton has changed um more so in different movements uh different things that you try that you find that go very well like a lot of what i've been doing with our team with the pre-fatigue cycle on bench i really like how that's been working i've been doing a little bit more conjugate programming um i wanted to kind of delve into that a bit more so that's something we have a good fair amount of um equipped lifters too and um especially with our team here local uh those who train in my gym we switched over to a conjugate style of programming. And I'm actually going to be training for a full power meet at the end of the year. I haven't really told anyone that. But um, that's, that I think, was going to be my next my next go here. And um, we've been switching over to conjugate style-based programming. Just because it fits what we're doing, our schedule, which is totally flip-flop on its head. Um, Ass backwards, but it it is what it is. And the conjugate style is going to fit it really well. So I've been doing more of that lately, but... Um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's kind of, you, you learn as you go. Um, and then you're able to take more information and adapt it to what's changing with people based on their schedules and things like that. So, for example, I've been learning a little bit more about the conjugate style programming, been reading through the book of methods, um, going over some more stuff on that, and, um, been utilizing it with the local team and a lot of our lifters online as well. And, um, so, that's been, you know, a big change too as well. Um, but I hope that answers what you're trying to uh, get across here. Um, but I mean, nothing. I don't. I wouldn't say anything dramatic changes. I mean, the principles uh, remain the same. You know. But that's a good question, Adam. Uh, cyclonic rabbit i usually take my opener two weeks out then rest the last seven days no benching Uh, just some light accessories for triceps then i don't do crap the last four days just so everything is fresh for meat day uh yeah so i mean everyone's gonna be a little bit different with their approach um i certainly had lifters who we took a good extended period of time off before the meet and i've had lifters that continue to train heavy right up into the meet you know sip of coffee for the working man um so yeah it really it really depends on uh, the rest period there joey kanoe i'll see you soon big dog i hope so joe we've been saying you gotta come by and train Adam Bell, would you recommend a particular book for your team to read to understand your training philosophy on a deeper level? What is that book of methods? Um, no, I would mean, nothing in, in particular uh, because I really try to utilize from everywhere and like that pre-fatigue cycle I'm talking about in the bench. I don't even think you would see in a book. Um, But nothing in particular, I'd say, because every book, there's definitely some great books in terms of exercise science, that type of stuff, Um, you know, in the the book of methods, all those super training, um, all those types of books are all great to uh, get your hands on. And there's still many that I still want to jump in and read. Uh, many of those are mentioned in the book of methods that's by Louis Simmons Westside Barbell that I'm reading through now is very very complete um, although you Louis has a very interesting way of, of speaking and trying to follow what's written it's um, a lot of repetitive sentences um, in terms of he's saying the same thing over and over many many times and sometimes in the in the same paragraph um, in ways so it's 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 very true to how Louie talks in real life, where you're trying to be like, what the hell did he just say? Um, but that's, for example, one that I'm reading through now. I'm taking a lot from that. Um, there was a one that I read, uh, Conjugate You," that I could actually send you the e-book on there, Adam, if you want to jump into that a little bit more. Um and that was by Nate Harvey. That was I picked up from Elite FTS when I was trying to get some more on The Conjugate too, Seeing how he spins it. Because everyone spins it a little bit differently. Um, podcast. I'm a big fan of um, of uh, Anthony Olivier's uh, Stay Hated Podcast. And he had a guest on where they really dove into how he messes with The Conjugate style programming as well. Um But yeah, what I'm reading through now, Book of Methods, written by Louis Simmons. So like I said, it's definitely kind of all over the place, but a lot of great information in there. Very interesting, um, depending how you spin it, because I could see it not working very well for quite a few um, of our athletes. But then on the flip side, like for our local team, I could see that working tremendously well. It creates a great competitive atmosphere. Um, It allows us to with the ass backwards type of schedule that we have going on now, gyms being closed um, you know it really allows us to hit the heavy work that we need and it it just works out for what we have available for us and you know taking advantage of that competitive atmosphere and it's definitely a great style programming too if you work within a group okay Um, but there's also a lot of great books mentioned in there Um, you know all the major ones that you would hear about uh, like Super Training and a lot of the um, different books on periodization that those Russian dudes have have written Um, so I would recommend that Uh, you can get on westsidebarbell.com but I think you can get on Amazon too Um, I'm reading through that now like you said it's very good very good so I think you would really like that Adam because I know you like to delve into uh, all the ins and outs uh, Cyclonic Rabbit. Oh, yeah, I'm 51 years old, so rest is imperative for me. Last Sunday, just broke the all time world record in the 65 class. Now hold that record in 48s and now 65s. That's a big accomplishment, my friend. That's a big one. Um, Roberto Castanares. Hey, how many times for a week You train bench Sorry for my English my, A big hug from Argentina uh, Thanks Roberto From Argentina um, How many times a week Do you train bench uh, Typically for our full power lifters It's going to be twice a week um, Some do bench once a week And then For our bench only lifters They're usually starting at Three times a week. One of those days is more of a recovery um, type of session, so it's not anything with substantial intensity to it. It's usually going to be like two by twenty and a lot of accessories. So um, hopefully that answers that. But it again, it's one of those things. It really depends. Really depends what's working for someone. But usually that's that's the defaults. So we're usually going to start off around twice a week. Um, for full power, it'll change from there and um, bench only three times. But I do have um, many of our female lifters, I'm um, having them do some type of pressing three times a week. So on their squat day, they're pressing. Their bench day, they're benching, of course. Um, deadlift day, they're doing pressing as well. Um, just because I find with females in general, too, they recover so much quicker, um, they need more of that stimulus. So. That uh, circumstance Many of our female lifters will Actually um, Bench in all their Training sessions Not barbell benching all the time But dumbbell pressing, things like that Matt says I ordered mine last week I cannot wait for my hat Your hat's on the way too, Matt Um, And you ordered Book of Methods uh, Or are you just referring to the hat? because i know we were talking about that too and um i definitely recommend you know what you know what it is too it's um for the book of methods that that louis simmons wrote west side barbell um it's good information it's hard as shit to follow like the thoughts that go on in a, in a page you'll you'll see it's just you're just it's it's pretty crazy but it, it, again it's true to how louis is and um what it does is it really i'm like really amped up to train because you know if, if you listen to louie more so than really learning things most of the time because i'm trying to follow what the hell he just said um i get really he's one of those persons where i get really motivated to to train when hearing them talk just because you could tell the passion in their voice and it comes through when you're reading the book too and um just how amped up it gets about people's performances and the gym's recognition and what they're doing in their training you can just tell he's so amped up about it and i love that and my first mentor in the sport um morgan mitchell uh back home uh massachusetts where i grew up and he would help out with the the high school teams as well in the weight room and um more so than anything from him what i learned was i, I really just Passion for the sport You know it's, It was The way he would talk about things You could just tell He's just so jazzed up And That just Motivates you More and more And You know That's that's really what I'm getting From this book too So I would certainly Recommend it Matt. I think it would be awesome To read Eric Bell Where does Sip of coffee come from Great saying That's a great question My friend Sip of coffee tea And the working man So Um Stone Cold Steve Austin You know Austin 316 The Texas Rattlesnake I'm a big wrestling fan Um, He has a podcast And this was back 2013-2014 I was in college I was listening to him like every drive in the morning Because I commuted And um, I would always have his podcast on It was twice a week Tuesdays, Thursdays And uh, right now I know he's a lot of backlog episodes But Um that was something he'd say all the time on the show: "Was uh, sip of coffee for the working man," because he would be. He'd say he'd drink like two things of uh, full of coffee in the morning to get going, and he'd always say "sip of coffee for the working man." So, I took that. I started using that. Hey, if you give credit three times, then it's yours. That's what I learned. So he credits someone three times for something. I've given him plenty of credit. Now I've taken over the same. So that's where that comes from, Eric. That's a great question. Uh, m- we're going to answer just a few more here. Mod Haas, should I add 5 pounds or 10 pounds to my bench every week after coming back to training? I've lost about 40 pounds approximately from my bench after coronavirus stopped. Um, so I would look more right now to just generate more volume. So how I'd a- approach it is try to build upon how many reps that you're doing each, re- uh, each week. So maybe you start off with a 3x5, um, eventually maybe progress to a 5x5, five five, or you go to a 4x6 in there. You know, total, Get those total amount of reps up and um, build that volume up. And with that, and testing more so, not one rep strength, but keep it to like 5 rep max territory i think you're going to uh find some really good results with that instead of always trying to push heavier and heavier each week until you're back to where you were everyone wants to get back to where they were very quickly um that's not always the case okay so build up steady to it be patient enjoy the training build some volume don't go heavy off the bat you know it's okay to, to get some heavy work in you some overload training is great for that but i'll just look to build some volume and then you could progress into um, testing maxes and things like that. But that's how I'd approach it because obviously the strength's going to be lacking. And trying to get back to that point quickly is going to drive you nuts. So take your time with it. Logan Barbell. This is going to be our last question, guys. We're reaching that hour mark. Things are going to shut off on us after that hour anyway. So Logan Barbell, if I don't have a lot of money to spend on gear and I'm aiming more towards a squat suit would a single ply shirt do just fine until I have some more money to buy a multi-shirt like the SDP. So yeah, if financials are something that's stopping you from being able to invest in a good multi-ply shirt but you want to get the training in the meantime, uh, there's nothing wrong with getting a used shirt if you can find one for cheap. So if you can find a used uh, SDP, then that's fine. My first one's used, um, I still use one that, that was used um you know it's so probably it's already broken in for you too and then uh if you can just afford to single ply it is substantially cheaper you know it's about half the price so if that's going to allow you to to get into training quick i don't see anything wrong with that either um a single ply shirt would be easier to learn into than going right to multi so yeah financials are definitely something uh you got to consider when when getting equipment and uh, going the used route, no shame in that, makes it a lot of sense starting out because that equipment's already going been used and is going to be more broken in for you. So that's what I would look to do. The single ply, substantially cheaper. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, who's coming up to you after your meet performance asking you, oh, what'd you use for your squat suit? What'd you use for your briefs? You know, I just know the number. You know, I know guys that wear like three briefs you know, and uh, no one ever asked about how they're wearing three briefs, but um, it was about the number on the the bar, so just make sure that number on the bar is going up, use whatever equipment you need, you know, I could have jumped into a canvas suit for my last meet, probably squatted more, but I had a poly suit, that's what I wanted to work with, that's what I was familiar with from before, was getting back into it, I used the same suit, so, that' would be my recommendation to you, my friend. I appreciate everyone who tuned in today. Again, we're going to pick a um, pick someone at random okay that is going to receive a free t-shirt and remember the code gave it away at the uh, middle of this podcast about is uh, I'm not going to say it now, but we'll go back and check that out. That's good until for 20 percent off till midnight only so if you're looking to get programs, raps, uh, anything like that bigbenches.com. Also, check out our VIP membership. In our VIP membership, we have a great community of lifters. Uh, I do coaching critiques for those who want to send me their videos. um, I also will post up exclusive content there that only our VIP members can get. All program templates from our website are free to our VIP members as well. So if you want to join that community, go to bigbenches.com, VIP membership. I appreciate everyone tuning in. Sip a coffee to you.